Well, hello there. Welcome back to In the Back of Our Minds, a podcast dedicated to enriching the growth of our minds by bringing the things we think but don't talk about but should talk about to the limelight. This is the second episode, and today I want to focus on the habit of journaling. So I'm focusing more on that whole, you know, mental health track here, but I think this topic is actually pretty cool because I was doing some research on it, and there are a lot of studies, obviously, done on journaling and how, you know, it impacts our health and our well-being and our mindfulness, and there's actually a lot of um, proof to it for the most part. And obviously psychology and science in general is always evolving. So who knows, you know, the accuracy of what I'm about to say. A lot of these studies are from like, I think the early kind of 2000s, I believe. And that's where I'm going to be pulling a lot of this stuff from because I think that's where a lot of these discoveries were first kind of being made with journaling at least. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, fun fact, it is 12 a.m. on technically a Monday now, so, um, maybe not the best decision for me to be doing this right now, but I'm going to do it because, you know, inspiration strikes. Um, okay, so first off, I want to start off with the fact that journaling just has been, you know, It's long been known to improve health and mindfulness, but why exactly, right? So what is the proof or science behind it? Well, I'll get into that later. Um, Another reason I wanted to talk about journaling today was because I, in fact, am a journaler. (laughs) A journaler. I'm a journaler. (sighs) Pronouncing words is so hard. I'm a journaler myself, Um, meaning my journal entry is probably not the greatest thing. Um, I don't want to read any out loud today. Um, maybe one day, (laughs) but I do enjoy it. And I started doing it every day, pretty much for the most part since sophomore year of high school. So it's been over three years. And of course, even before then, I was always taught as a kid, you know, like journaling, like diaries. Those are my favorite things to own. Um, I was taught that like, journaling and all that stuff it's just like another good way of kind of venting your feelings out so I've always been used to it and also I think growing up the main reason why I did journaling was because I thought it was a good way to keep track of memories and events of what happened from certain days because I do like to look back on those times and like see what I did that day Um, and that's the main reason, like, why my parents or anyone would ever encourage me to do journaling, but eventually, I think, in the past few years, especially, I guess, as I progressed throughout high school, it became less about what I did that day and more about, oh, um, this is how I feel. (laughs) I don't feel great, or I feel happy, or I feel whatever, and sometimes I would just write about those experiences and... I don't know it just it helped me because I always disassociated myself from my journal so I would just write anything I felt upset about angry about or whatever great injustice the world has done to me that day and then I would close the journal and it's a done deal and it's not my problem at least for a while so that's why I actually 
want to talk about journaling because I've just been doing it for a while and I still do it. Um, sometimes I miss a few days, but usually I get back on that and just like recap what happened. Um, yeah, but the actual science behind journaling is what's really cool because I didn't do journaling because I thought it was good for me. I did journaling because I thought it'd be cool to look back on, but turns out there are a lot of positive effects of journaling, which, you know, makes sense. And the first study I want to talk about is actually a neuroimaging study from UCLA that was done in 2007. And this is a study, obviously, where they're actually looking at the brain and seeing what parts are active when you, um, or after, I guess, you journal. So this study was conducted, I think, by Dr. Matthew Lieberman. Lieberman. Um, and basically, the study was pointing out how talking with friends or going to therapy or just writing about your feelings in a journal makes you feel a lot better and it increases your mindfulness, which is the state of being present without distraction. And mindfulness itself, because of this study and like other studies, um, became more correlated to a healthier lifestyle. So in this study, um, basically they looked at the brain and they imaged two specific areas. So they looked at two specific areas of your brain. One is the amygdala. So that's in your medial temporal lobe. Basically, it's in the middle of your brain and it's in front of the hippocampus, which is where, you know, um, well, something a lot of people hear about, but also it's just associated with, you know, your memory making process, supposedly. But the amygdala itself, that piece of gray matter, um, is thought to be involved in the processing of fearful stimuli. So like how would you respond to something threatening? So the people in the study were shown pictures of angry faces and either those people had their names like Harry or Sally or for some of the groups of people they were named with the emotion that was on their face like angry or something like that. And they basically looked to see, you know, compare these two groups, um, whether or not the amygdala was more active or less active. And it turns out the amygdala was less active in imaging where the individuals were able to like label the feeling or, you know, the picture of the angry face actually said anger on it. Um, and that was also associated with the right ventrolateral prefrontal cortex <laughs> region of your brain being more active. So while the amygdala is less active, this um, area in the right prefrontal cortex of your brain turned out to be more active. And this area of the brain is actually also associated with um, inhibition, like behavior inhibition. So, you know, when you see a yellow light, um, hopefully you start to hit the brakes. Um, so that's all due to your right ventrolateral prefrontal cortex. Um, of course, you know, I'm not an expert in any of this, but I've also heard, you know, that, um, these brain regions in general, like psychology, neuroscience, the functions of these brain regions probably aren't too, you know, well confirmed yet. Um, at least at the time of this study and probably still not now, to be honest, but that's what they're thought to be. So, there's basically an association from this study that, oh, 
now that your amygdala is less active, the right ventrolateral prefrontal cortex is more active because it's helping turn down the emotional response that you would get from seeing someone who looks angry. Because usually when you see an angry picture, your amygdala is more active. Whereas now where they're labeling, you know, people as angry or whatever, you know, these people are able to label them by writing their feelings into words. It's lessening activity there and turning the part of your brain um, that actually inhibits that emotional response, emotional response more into a more active state. So basically the premise of that study is putting our feelings into words is why journaling is effective, which is a, if I think about it, pretty, you know, fair statement and something that I definitely remember just thinking about like here in elementary school just you know saying how you feel will make you feel better and that's pretty much what I got from that but it also showed you know they did a mindfulness questionnaire response thing afterwards and basically that was um, associated with having more activation in that right ventrolateral prefrontal cortex area but less activity in the amygdala so you know, being more mindful is actually correlated with um, kind of like less emotional response from these negative emotions like anger. And in general, journaling is, you know, a lot easier to do because compared to other things, you know, if you want to feel better and not have those negative emotions, it's easier to journal because you don't have to go with the intention that you're going to feel better because journaling makes that, you know, whole mindfulness and all of that stuff, making yourself feel better. Um, it's a side effect. It's not something that you have to go in with intentionally, which can be hard for people, um, especially, you know, if you have any other like mood disorders, it's hard to go in with that intention. Oh, I'm just going to make myself feel better. But journaling in that way, and this study has shown, um, has it as a kind of like a consequence. So you don't have to go with, you know, that pure intention directly in, which is a lot easier for some people. Um, and of course, there's been other studies too from like NC State and Duke, um, shout out to North Carolina for that, I guess, where they looked about how uh, writing about a stressful event affects, um, you know, like I guess, affects your working memory for undergrads. So this one hits a little closer to home. Basically, they had two studies where the first one, they had a control group that was like, oh, you guys just need to write about your day and evaluate how you could have done whatever better. And then the second group was the expressive writing group. So they wanted to see if expressive writing, so basically like... um talking about your feelings, your thoughts about whatever stressful event at college, and then tying it all together at the end. They wanted to see if that style of writing affected working memory in terms of making it better or worse or yada yada yada. And it turns out expressive writing showed improvements in working memory, which working memory is pretty important because um, I found this example online that explained it pretty well, but working memory is just like your ability to remember like someone's address when they're giving you instructions on how to get there you know it's like a good 
guide for decision making. So having an improved working memory was um, associated with that expressive writing. Um, and they did all these memory tests like before and then after these students, I guess, wrote expressively about some stressful event. And they also looked for cause and insight words like because or therefore in the writing because that showed more narrative coherence of stressful memories. And it turns out people who did the expressive writing showed more of those kinds of words. And it was also associated because they did this throughout the semester um, that the people who did do expressive writing um, and used more cause and insight uh, vocabulary had higher GPAs actually. And the second part of this experiment, um, they did three groups, actually, three studies, or I guess, yeah, three groups where one group wrote um, about a positive experience and another group wrote about a negative experience. And then the control group was just, you write about your schedule, but this time no evaluation because they didn't want that variable of, you know, increased cognitive kind of like um, working memory, which could have happened in the first trial, you know, just by evaluating what you could have done better. And that actually enhanced some people's cognitive working memory. They wanted to get rid of that variable. So the third group was just writing about your schedule. And that one was more talking about intrusive thoughts. So it was less about working memory and more seeing about how writing, whether about a negative event or positive positive event <laughs> decreased um, your intrusive thoughts. And what they found was that um, writing about a negative event had fewer intrusive thoughts and improvement in working memory, actually, and was also associated with a higher GPA. But um, writing about a positive event or the, also the control had really no difference. Then they also found that expressive writing um, boosts working memory only when a person has not too many intrusive thoughts. So that's, you know, another caveat to this whole situation, I guess. And I think there are a lot of caveats to these kinds of studies, to be honest, because of course people are going through different stressful events. It's kind of hard to control that. And also people have different mood, um, like disorders and things going on in their life that would, if you know, change how journaling is for them. Um, and then another cool thing, <laughs> oh my god, another cool thing to me at least is that um, there is a correlation, I don't know if it's correlation, but there is this kind of association with an improved immune system and journaling. So this was a study, I think, uh, I don't know exactly when it was done. It was done in New Zealand. So it was done at the University of Auckland uh, in New Zealand. And I don't oh, really want to find out when it was done. Eh, I don't know. But also kind of like early 2000s, probably actually maybe even 1900s. Whoa. No. Um, it was done and essentially uh, they did it with HIV or AIDS patients. And uh, they had some of them write about you know, their negative life experiences, whereas the other group wrote about their daily life schedules, you know, same thing. And the patients who wrote about those negative life experiences measured high on this lymphocyte count, which lymphocytes are just a type of immune cell, type of white blood cell. So 
the fact that they had a higher account despite having an autoimmune like uh, disease really just showed, you know, oh, maybe there is a correlation into having um, a stronger immune system and journaling. Um, so that's just like another cool thing. Improved immune functioning can actually happen from journaling. And that's probably because it reduced a lot of stress in these patients' lives. And obviously there's controversy with the study. Also, a lot of studies in science, different opinions. Some people said, I'm pretty sure it's just like based off of time, like if you gave them time, you know, they would build more immunity, things like that. Um, but I thought it was cool that someone actually studied and tried to see if journaling had to do with it. Um, so who knows, you know, what's really going on, but all these studies just kind of show more of like what's actually going on in your brain when you journal and like after you journal. Um, but like, what, you know, what does that mean? Should we actually start journaling more? Blah, 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 blah. Um, I think it really depends. So something I noticed from reading all these studies is that you can either take journaling in two different ways. So one, you can think about it in naming the negativity, like the first study where you're able to describe your feelings into words. It makes you more mindful and it makes you feel less of those negative emotions from what I can see. So for some people, naming that negativity is better. Like for me, I know that writing about negative experiences and stressful events, I can just name it and it feels better already because I've said it out loud because I'm able to understand what I felt. And by doing that, I feel a little bit more in the present moment and less like distracted with all my thoughts going round and round in my head. Um, but for some people, it's definitely not that helpful to write about negative events and things like that. So a better focus might be writing about like positive events, things you're grateful for, which is why gratitude journaling is a huge thing, especially for, you know, it depends if you have depression, anxiety, or you want to deal with stress. Um, for example, people with depression, it's probably more helpful to write about positive facts just about your life. Um, and they saw actually, I think in a 2002 study, more growth by journaling positive facts rather than negative experiences or emotions for people with depression. So, you know, it really depends. And if you're wanting to deal with stress, for some people, writing about what stressed you out might not be helpful. Like writing about the actual problem probably won't help, but writing, you know, about what you can do, like the solutions to that actually also has shown, you know, it could be helpful doing it that way. It really just depends. So I think the premise of it all is really just journaling has shown, you know, to increase mindfulness, which now can somewhat scientifically be said to um, a healthier lifestyle. And really the end goal, I think, from all these studies, um, at least what I got out of it, is that if you are journaling or like kind of like new to journaling haven't started journaling just keep experimenting see what makes you feel better you know see if naming the negativity and like saying it you know straight out loud makes you feel better afterwards or maybe writing more about the solutions will make you feel better or writing about things that you're grateful for will make you feel better and take away from the negative i think it really depends um, on how many things, like, I think the second study again said, like, it doesn't work for people with 
you know, more intrusive thoughts or things like that. There's caveats um, and everyone is different. So experimenting with it in the first place, knowing that there are all these different options on how you can even journal, like how you can even evaluate your life. <laughs> that sounds kind of big, but how you can actually evaluate your life in writing. Um, I think that provides a lot of kind of hope, at least for me and like sense. Um, just to see, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do and, you know, experiment with it. And of course, if you're not a journaler, so there's also some other tips that I found, um, if you want to get into journaling and all that. So some easy ways to get into journaling is you can set yourself some time limits because it's always easier to do things if you know, oh, I only have to do this for like 10 minutes instead of this big momentous task. It's just this 10 minute like nightly routine. Or you can buy yourself a pretty notebook, a pretty pen, <laughs> which, you know, if you're a materialistic person, I mean, obviously that might work. I mean, I won't lie. A pretty notebook doesn't sound too bad to me. So you can try that. Or there's also, of course, like a variety of ways you can journal besides, you know, whether or not you want to focus on the negative and positive, whatever. Um, there's, you know, one, you can write things on a Google Doc. That's probably easier. I'm thinking about switching over to that. Or you can do art journals, guided journals, like with questions in them, if you want those kinds of prompts, like things like that. I think it really just depends, you know, what makes the writing flow for you. Uh, for me, it's just an empty page. So I just go ham with that. But again, experimenting is like the best thing you can do. Um, and then also a few other little tips like set an ambiance. I think this goes for a lot of different things when in terms of focusing, like studying. The reason why this works is like because you're reminded each time when you set that ambiance, you know, play some music, um, light a candle, whatever, like put on the friggin' like oil scented, whatever, all that stuff, like it sets a certain place in your mind and in your environment. That reminds you, oh, it's time to journal now. And, you know, it doesn't hurt if it's like your favorite music either. Like, it won't hurt you. It'll make it more enjoyable, actually. So, you know, try it out. It's all about the baby steps to <laughs> increasing our mental wellness and mindfulness. And, you know, journaling probably is definitely not for anyone or for everyone or whatever. Um, and if it's not for you, there are definitely other ways of increasing mindfulness, like the first study talked about, you know, just talking with your friends or, you know, therapy. Those are such valid options um, and other ways to put words to your emotions and make you feel more mindful and calm and in the present and all that. So really journaling is just another way for you to increase your mindfulness, but it's definitely not the only way. That being said, I talked for like 20 minutes about this and it's literally 12, 23 a.m. And I think I should probably go to bed um, because it is a Monday and I do want to work. So I think I'm going to call it here. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I will hope to see you next time. And... <laughs> Yeah. Increase your mindfulness. Okay. See ya.